0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Siren Podcast. My guest tonight is Mark Black. He is an audio engineer and producer based out of southern Mississippi. He's worked with artists from all over the country. He's worked with um, Waiting for Brantley. He has done Chad Knight. He's worked with a lot of the bands uh, back when I was coming up. Pretty much everybody was using him to make their albums because he makes great albums. Uh, He's also worked with Afro Man and some other Uh, national acts as well tonight we talk about all kinds of different things we talk about recording gear how to record how he records some of the specific gear he uses all kinds of different things it was a really good time he's a really good guy Uh, awesome to talk to so let's just get right into it ladies and gentlemen mark black Hey man, how you been doing? Thanks for coming on. Doing
1: well, doing well. You're awesome. welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. So I've been a fan of, of you and your work since I was a young child. So if I remember correctly, you did hybrid number five, right? Was that you?
1: I did. I yeah. did. Yeah, so. that was actually one of my first acts outside projects that I that I had worked on so uh yeah uh as far as a full-blown band production i I had done a couple of little things but it was more along the lines of just trying to learn how to how to uh record and things like that so that was kind of my first real paying recording job if you want to
0: yeah i mean it it was good that was uh the (laughs) first time i heard a local band recorded well besides you know we stuck like microphones in the jam room with us on a tape player, but that's the first time I heard a, like a a legitimate professional recording. So, uh, I mean, ever since then, I mean, you might not know this, but around the area, everybody's always like, man, we got to get, we got to get a CD done with Mark Black, you know, growing up, that's what it was. Everybody (laughs) wanted to go to, go to Mark Black. I mean, the, the first Waiting for Brantley album, I remember hearing that one and going, dang this stuff's good it's like legitimately <laughs> good you know so um i don't want to keep you know bragging on you but you're really good so well, oh. <laughs> hey
1: hey oh well it's like somebody said don't don't tell this I, I was recording a drummer today and i'm like don't tell him too many good things you won't be able to fit his head <laughs> <out the door." laughs> i said i carry very with me everywhere i go so just in case that happens
0: yeah um so i mean what got you started in recording in general like
1: uh played in bands for years and years and just got tired of it uh i don't know if you guys recall towels Dart bar in hattiesburg uh just got stuck playing there over and over had about four hours worth of cover material just you know at the end of the night the whole band would make 40 bucks after everybody drank the rest of the money in beer. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I was like, I'm done with this. You know, you split it five ways and you make five bucks for four hours. And I'm like, I'm done with this, you know, and the guitar player wants to borrow. Hey man, can I borrow your $5? I'm, like, I'm done. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be a songwriter. I'm just going to do this myself because I can play keys. I can play guitar a little bit. Um, And I can play bass I cannot play drums But I was always riding the drummer To do better So yeah. I'm like, I can kind of sort of do it. So anyway, uh, got a real job Bought a Roland VS-1680 Les Paul a, a Digitech 2101 guitar processor A couple of keyboards And went to town And after about six months I started letting friends and family Listen to my songs And everybody was like, man that's the most terrible song I've ever heard in my
0: entire life.
1: That is just awful. But then they turn around and say, but it sounds really good. <laughs> so what are you doing? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just trying to write songs for demos. Well, it sounds better than anybody else's recordings around here, and I've been doing it for six months. You know? So I'm like, ding! Calling, so, you know, I've always been kind of interested in recording, but that was it i mean i was once i actually started doing it for myself and my buddy said hey i know a band over here from smith county let's go see we can get these guys in here and it was like just go and do a couple of things with them nothing nothing major no money involved it's like and it was it was pretty much the exact same thing just put sm57s and 58s on the drum kit and hope for the best and (laughs) It was pretty terrible, but about a year later, yeah, about a year later, I met up with uh, Alan Stroh and Brad Wells and uh, did the uh, hybrid number five thing. That was my first foray into commercial. commercial. <laughs> I'm holding my phone so I can only do. There you go. There All you right. go. <laughs> Studio out of my house. So, and I, I worked out of there for years and years and years.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. I I have been recording since I was young. I'm not as, I don't have the same, I guess, skills as you do in it. But uh, what got me started was I, I couldn't afford to go anywhere. So I had an old computer with, they used to have these little mics that would stick on the side of like the monitor. So you could chat with people. And so I would just use that right. thing. And I'd I couldn't record a full drum kit, so I'd have to like record one track and hit the drum, the kick drum, and then hit the snare drum. <laughs> it didn't, it it didn't work out awesome, but uh, that that's how I I got into it. I was just, I was like, I'll have, right. I'll have to do it myself, I guess. Cool Cool Edit Pro is what I was using, which is now, me too. Uh, you know
1: what? It, it, that is hilarious. Uh, a buddy of mine, he's no longer with us. Uh, gave me a copy of that from somewhere. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. I can do anything. And I found a cool edit was so limited. I learned and maxed that thing out in about two weeks. And so I spent about two months with it. And then I got uh, Sound Forge. What was it? Vegas Video.
0: Yeah.
1: Vegas Video. And I stayed on that for about two years. And uh, after a couple of years of that, I went to Steinberg with... New window in Cubase, so I'm still on Cubase. Yeah, was working in Pro Tools today, and I'm surprised I have hair left because <laughs> I was about to pull my hair out with Pro Tools. It is, is cool on some things, but there is mm. just some things that in Pro Tools makes no sense to me, and most <laughs> of it is the most important part. Like like a like a band member being able to hear themselves in headphones and monitor back and listen as they're playing. And Last night we were setting up, and I could not get signal through the headphone mix for nothing. It was just like, oh my goodness! And so I'm like, okay, it's midnight. We got to be back at seven. I'm just going to watch videos while well, I'm <laughs> home on YouTube. I found about three videos, and I watched videos on my way home, and got home and laid down, and it was like, poof! I'm like, woke up this morning. I'm like, I'm do about three videos. I hope those three videos work, and it worked, and it did so.
0: Yeah, I uh, I started in in Cool Edit, and I tried like um, I tried Cubase. I I, I used like a a demo version, but then I went to the Southern uh, Digital Recording Industry program. I went through that and did Pro Tools. So I learned I learned Pro Tools in and out, like how to do Sins and aux tracks, and you know, it, pretty much the whole right. everything. And what what sucked for me is. I was using a Windows PC and then they upgraded to Windows 10 and Pro Tools, the version I had wouldn't work on Windows 10. So I'd have to upgrade and pay another <laughs> $700 for the, not even the HD version. So I ended up just right. now, now I'm in, uh I'm in logic because it was $200 and works for what I need it to. So
1: logic is getting where it is huge. It is absolutely huge. So, um, yeah, and, and and it's got a lot of stuff built in, you know. They basically made GarageBand off of Logic, mm-hmm. and you know how easy it is to record in GarageBand. It's yeah. like pull up a couple of instruments, boom, 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 hit tap, tap, tap on your iPad, and next thing you know, you got a decent sounding demo. You can take those audio tracks and and then put it in uh in Logic and just mix the daylights out of it, and you're like. That was done in GarageBand? band?
0: It's like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I got into it, and it's super simple. It's a lot simpler than it was to learn Pro Tools stuff, because Pro Tools, I'd be staring at the screen going, I just want to turn the volume up <laughs> on this track, and I have no right. idea why it's not going up. So, but yeah. Um, right, exactly. But, you know, I guess the most important thing is I heard uh, the guy from Fish Trey, the guitar player. He's had this same, started, yeah. yeah. He's had this same Mesa, uh, like the Mark 4 amp or Mark 3 amp. And he said, "I could get new amps, but I know exactly how this one works, so there's no point in me changing it." So I guess the the more familiar, you, you can be better at a a system you're more familiar with than a better, you know, system that's you don't know very well. Right. So I think that's very important. Right?
1: Exactly. Too. So, uh, I was just reading an article from Produce It Like a Pro. I, I just watch those videos and everything because it, that guy comes up with some really cool stuff. Uh, the new thing is, uh, which is the most powerful DAW? Well, it doesn't matter if you can't use it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no difference. You have to, it, if, if you're like I am at a point right now when all this virus stuff hit, I was working in New Orleans, uh, you know, pretty much seven days a week and then all of a sudden i'm like oh my goodness i don't have a job <laughs> so i packed all my stuff up came home. And i'm like what can i do and i'm like well i guess i can you know work on mix templates and try to just become a better mixer and better at doing what i do but once you get into a commercial setting where you're actually recording somebody and they are you are exchanging money with them you better know your stuff you mm-hmm. know you they can't sit and wait on 45 minutes to do a quick edit, which takes me about 45 minutes to do an edit. We're on Cubase. I can do it in 45 seconds. I've had people be like, they'll, they'll watch me and I'm like doing boom, 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 boom. And they're like, how did you do that? Last guy I went to took him 30 minutes to do that. I'm like, no, no, man, it's just, you grid it out and boom, go. If you're, if you're kind of sort of halfway on time, I can do I can do edits like like a beast. You know? yeah. in in Cubit, not in Pro Tools. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pro Tools has that stuff. You just they have Beat Detective, which does that. But then it's still like a right. uh, it's not intuitive at first, so it it takes right a lot of playing around with it to get it to work. I, I
1: guess I, I guess that's, I guess that's part of the deal. Is to me, Pro Tools is a lot more counterintuitive initially whereas even even Cool Edit Pro and Vegas Video and of course Cubase to me was just like well this makes sense well that makes sense boom 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 because things like as I think about some of the analog stuff I'm like well, this is more a little more like analog stuff so okay we'll, we'll go with that yeah. so so and then Pro Tools I'm like look I just want to run a Headphone amp and, uh you know, come out uh, three and four into a headphone amp and run that out to the drummer today and nothing.
0: So. Well, they will be like one <laughs> like, little, uh, like when running an aux, it doesn't, the thing with like a lot of the programs, they set up things for you. They're like, I think that you're doing an aux because you want to run a reverb track connected to this. Right. Like Pro Tools will be like, it's an aux track. I don't know. I'm not going to assume you're doing anything. So when you first do it, you have to do it like pre-fader and hit this little switch or nothing will come out of the aux track. And it's it, if no one tells you that, you'll never figure it out. So I don't know if Pro Tools exactly. is just, it's more of a where you can do anything you want. We're not going to help you at all. It's here. You just, we're not going to guess what you're trying you gotta to do. figure it out on you your own.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. You're exactly right. Uh, it's like, but that's the thing about Pro Tools: the synths and oxes and buses to me are way more powerful even than in Cubase. So I was. I was talking to a buddy of mine from New Orleans uh, that worked with Dave Fortman. Used to be roommates with Phil Anselmo uh, from uh, oh, what's that big band? He was down and a couple other other big mm-hmm. bands he was in uh he uh he's a big pro tools guy and i was talking to him just a, just a few minutes ago and he was like yeah you, you can you can do so many cool things and i was like so i can edit quickly i can record quickly on cubase but i'm sitting here thinking about mixing i'm like pro tools seems like where it would be at in mixing once you got all your editing or recording and editing out of the way yeah. then because you can do so many scenes like, you can send everything into everything. Mm-hmm. But with Cubase, there's a lot of backwards compatible. So, like, you can't send a track and create another track and send that track into the empty track. You know, send a signal to that with different, but mm-hmm. you can in Pro Tools. So I was just like, ah, you know, hey, I could do a subscription.
0: I'm like, no, wait,
1: I'm not making money right now doing recordings. I need to do everybody shut down.
0: Pro Tools has a free version. I haven't used it, but I think it's like you get 16 tracks and limited, like bit rates and stuff. But I don't know. It's called First. I haven't used it, but you know, (laughs) you know what? Check that out. uh, What I liked about Cool Edit, and maybe the new programs do this, but you used to be able on Cool Edit is you could like double click your track that you recorded, and it would open up its own track by itself and you could highlight just like like a snare hit and then put a delay on it and just that part that you highlighted would play that effect instead of having it just running like a effects pedal in the chain i don't i don't know if you can still do that but that i like that i did i use that a lot
1: I, i miss that i know exactly what you're talking about and and even cool edit though it's funny i actually working with that first band that like i said was no not a lot of money or no money involved going back and listening to these terrible tune drums that sounded like cardboard boxes with 58s and 57s going back and making creating samples like kick and snare samples and cool editing going in and lining every single drum hit up perfectly it was like oh my god and i'm like oh they came out with drumagog and then I I'm like, okay, this is cool. It's a little faster. You still had to go in and make sure all the hits are lined up. I'm like, I still did that quicker and cool at but, but it. But yeah, now now things are so awesome. Like, uh, I had the Slate subscription with Trigger, and I'm like, no, no, that's not in the subscription. I bought that one. Trigger? And it's like spot on, on
0: the money. Yeah, it's awesome. I haven't used that. I've, I've been uh, doing – I mean, Logic comes with a pretty good drum suite, and I was thinking about getting – one of the like superior drummer or something, but a trigger, oh yeah, might be good too. I've trigger
1: stopped. trigger works great because you can you can take a sample and it comes with a few samples uh, that sound good. You can take the samples and just put it in the pad and and then take. And apply that. Put that in your insert on, like, say, the kick drum track, and it automatically just boom, boom, boom. You may have to make a couple adjustments on trigger, but it is so fast and so easy. Um, I've got some little kind of clean up drum samples, but I'm trying to actually get out of drum track. and I'm trying to bring them down. I'm tired mm-hmm. of everything sounding like a nineteen. Uh, 2000 2004, death metal track. Yeah, where there's no velocity at all. <laughs> all yeah, <the> kick. <laughs> I always did that when I'd have a heavy band come in. I would, I would just get like a thirty second note drum sample and just put it all the way through the song. They're like, yes, that works. <laughs> Everybody just died.
0: They metal <laughs> like metal metal like technical metal bands that like play like really like arpeggios and stuff. They like that triggered drum sound, like the kick where it's almost got like, like it's a, you can hear the click a lot on their kicks. It's sort of like a big low kick. Right. They like that. I guess you can hear it.
1: It's it's crazy. And it's always, it's always funny to find the drummer that's like, Hey, can you make a, and they're, they're a band like that. But then the drummer comes in and he's like, Hey, can you make my drum kit sound like, when the levy breaks i'm like uh, <laughs> no not on this not on this project now if you want to write new songs <laughs> and come in it's not going to sound good we can we, no it is not going to cut through so i mean nobody else is going to be on the uh, no one else is going to be on the record uh <laughs> but be able to be heard because by the time you turn everybody down so your drum can you come through there's not going to be much there it is so funny to think about the way Records, uh songs used to sound back in the 60s and 70s, and everybody talks about how great that sound was. But if you listen to it in comparison with music today, there's so much more going on. But I you, people still tend to like that old Led Zeppelin stuff, and, and I, I love it too. Uh, but when you try to record something like that, you still have to do more to it today to kind of feel a little more modern i guess if you wanted to if somebody was desperately looking for that old sound you'd set them up with three mics on the drums <laughs> put everybody in the same room and say go to town <laughs> call me when you're done I'll your board go grab me a sandwich and <laughs> come back and if it sounds good i'll listen back If not you know you need to go home and rehearse some more because that's how they did it, it was a uh, that's how magic was made in music back then everybody played in the same room together yeah. At least laid down base base uh the main tracks. And so and, and and the drummer I was recording today, uh, he's sixty-eight. Said he just turned sixty eight. Fantastic drummer, amazing drummer. Uh played for Leonard Skinner for three years. Uh wow. toured with Reba McIntyre, me Lou Harris, uh Katie Lane. Wow. been on dozens and dozens of mm-hmm. uh, dozens and dozens of uh nashville records that were just top top of the line just uh i I can't even think john michael montgomery just so many records and uh we were talking about that today yeah you can overdub everything a little bit at a time and get a good sounding record everything's solid and tight but you're not it's probably not going to be magic Mm -hmm. per se that you get with three or four people five people playing together at one time so
0: So some of what I didn't and I might get uh, a lot of hate for this, but when it comes to like the older music, I'm I'm really big into a well produced album. Like there's a difference from something that sounds uh, to me, I think what makes something sound professional and sound not professional is unless you're going for that effect is how close it sounds to the mic you know, if you have a snare drum that sounds right, exactly. like it's recorded far away, it sounds amateur. And if it's like solid and up right. front in your face, it sounds good. And Zeppelin had kind of sounded like it kind of sounded like it was off back in the in the field and there's not a lot of low end and low end also adds to the right. punch of a mix and that's all missing. Exactly. So I mean, that's I, kind of I what,
1: remember when yeah. I first yeah, I remember when I first started mixing, I'm like, man, this sounds great. And I still had that mindset of low-end quality from the 60s and 70s and even the early 80s and through the 80s to to where I'm like, this sounds great. And then this, of course, is like 2002 or 2003 or something like that. And then I pull in Creed, of uh, something from Human Clay, mm-hmm. and pull it in, and I'm like... <laughs> It's, uh, and it sounded amateur I mean it really did though. then I had to start okay what are these guys doing and I thought it was limiting and limiting because that was back during the volume wars and everybody was trying to make their, their song the loudest song ever and uh, I was like so I started just mixing into the compressor and the limiters trying to limit everything and it was just the complete backwards way to do it and of course like I said this was almost 20 years ago And I can still say that I probably make music or make my masters a little too loud, but I'm getting out of that. But that's what I've been doing since my time off is trying to get that good production sound. And I'm taking old songs that I recorded, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago and just kind of remixing them and just adding the modern things that, Mm -hmm. that you're talking about that I added then. But now I know about the mixing part. Hmm. And, and trying to make make that more of a produced sound exactly like you're talking about. I don't want everything to sound like Led Zeppelin for sure. <laughs> I'm like, how far away was the snare drum I had the God. the mic outside hey,
0: outside the window there. <laughs> um, so exactly,
1: exactly. So
0: could you go back and you might not even be allowed to do this, but could you go back and uh-huh. remix uh-huh. a Hybrid Number Five song?
1: Probably, I actually have the DVDs, backups of almost everything, but I would have to pull that up and remember what program I used, and if it was Vegas Video, Mm -hmm. probably not, because I found something else that was Vegas Video, and nothing lined up, so this was before time code well not time code but before uh broadcast wave it was just a wave so if you punched in a vocal at two minutes and 53 seconds when you opened it up it was at zero and you can't sit and slide 40 tracks back and forth (laughs) you know a little bit yeah try to make it it would it would sound a a mess so uh i probably couldn't i could probably go and remaster some of it but there were some things that i wanted to do even listening back to the hybrid number five, I'm like, I really wish I could go and change this and do this and stuff like that. But I would, I would literally have to see if, if any of that stuff would line up in when I opened it up and brought the WAV files back into Cubase today. Now, if I found somebody with a version of, Oh, you know what? Now I think about it, I bet. I don't know. I'd have to go check and see if I could get a free version of, <laughs> A Sony Sony Vegas video, see if it would open up a twenty-year-old file. It may, it may do it. So I don't know.
0: Well, it's just uh, to check out. If you, I think I think people might might like to hear that. If you know you're bored one day during the quarantine, yeah. or so, I may, <laughs> you know, I
1: may uh, I may talk to Alan Alan Stroh about that. And, and of course, you know that's uh, Brad's nephew. Uh, excuse me, Brad was Alan's nephew. So, uh, and me and him are real close. I was talking to him a couple of days ago and, um, uh, I said that that's something I may need to check into because I think that, I think the the songs were good enough that they probably could benefit from a little more modern mix and modern production and me knowing a lot more now than I did <laughs> way back when. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Um, but, uh, no pressure or anything, just if, you got, if you're if you digging around. I think it'd be cool.
1: It's not like I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we're just all kind of sitting home, be like sitting around the house. Hey, <laughs> what can I do today? Well, yeah. I don't want to go mow the yard. Hey, let me go mix a hybrid number five song. <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. I'll check that out.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, So when you were set up at... And this is just kind of a kind of a personal question for me. When you were set up at C and M, you had that room mm-hmm. in the back. There was a little amp in there, an Epiphone amp with one volume knob. Do you remember that amp?
1: Yes. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I do remember that amp. What about it?
0: Well, that I've been looking for one of those forever, and I, I found one at C and uh and. They sold it before I could go back and get it. But I was just going to see what you thought about it.
1: Well, uh, I would say that it would be a great, whoop, a great amp.
0: I'm
1: in the <laughs> dark out here. Uh, but the one, that, uh, the one that was dead from the get-go. So it never worked. And I guess I could probably take it to Nashville and get it re- repaired. Yeah. But yeah, it is a um, Galaxy 33.
0: Yeah. And
1: it is, let's see. Let's see what I can find around here. It is right there. Let's see. Damn. <laughs> still. Wow. I don't know if you can see it or not.
0: Let's see. Yeah, your video is getting a little blurry. You yeah, so that.
1: I still have it. Somebody left that. Oh yeah. I think uh,
0: yeah, I'm out here in the sheds. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh yeah, you
1: know, Wi is crap out
0: here. <laughs> I love little little small tiny amps like that. Especially like unique ones that you don't see all the time. Those are real cool to me.
1: Right. I uh I have one called uh, it's a Gibson Skylark. Oh yeah, that a buddy of mine. It was a buddy of mine, uncle. Yeah, and oh my goodness, that thing is a tone monster. You take a, and it's got a Weber, a new, a new Weber ten inch speaker in it, so it doesn't have the original speaker. But oh my goodness, that thing is just absolutely incredible. You take a ribbon mic and put it in front of it, about you know six, eight, ten inches back from it, and it's just like ah, <laughs> <laughs> and so. You, know, and you can turn it up loud, and it's not screaming loud. But it's still got a good clean tone, but it's got some over- overdrive in the back. and It's just really, really cool. Uh, I don't know if you've checked out uh, anything I've done here in the past couple, two or three years, but a fellow by the name of Hunter Riley, he uh, is a country, country project, mm-hmm. and pretty much all the main rhythm guitars were done on that amp. And it's wow. just like it was like, holy crap! <laughs> this thing, this thing sounds great, but yeah, I, I was going through and checking out all these old amps and looking at the tubes and seeing like, okay, how bad how bad is this thing? And uh, was, uh, yeah, that thing was has been D-O, doa since I got mm-hmm. it, and uh, but paid anything for it? The guy left it at the house. Well, <laughs> I don't think he paid anything <laughs> for it either. Yeah. Anyway, I may I may do like I say, take it up to Nashville. There's a guy uh, named Jimmy English. This is excellent electronics technician. He could probably make that thing sing too. So I need I need to check that out.
0: Yeah, the, um, I saw a. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the rig rundowns on YouTube, where they go and like they'll go to yes. like artists and they show them their uh, stuff. One of them, they I don't know who the guy was, but he he had a recording studio and you know he has like. You know the whole wall lined with amps, and he's like, you know, here's a twin reverb from the '65 or whatever year, you know, and here's a an actual basement, a true basement amp, and all these like great amps just lined up. And he goes, and you know what we use the most? And he pulls out this little tiny like ten inch, um, I want to say the Blues Junior, like the little tiny one. Like this big, he's like, this is what we yeah. use for ninety percent of our recording, and that's kind of like sometimes when you get in the studio, the things that sh- that you wouldn't think sound the best for some reason, some old Radio Shack oh. amp, and you're like, I would have, I could have never gotten this tone without this little fifteen dollar, right? Yeah, I mean, probably not all exactly. the time, but sometimes, I have, yeah. I
1: have done uh, right. I, I do. I used to do a thing with uh, punk bands, especially. I would take uh, their Mesa boogie amp and record it. And then with uh, a humbucker laden guitar, and just get this raw, just wall of distortion. Well, then I'd go back and I'd take something like a Fender Strat. And then a—I have this 1987 Laney ARO tube guitar amp. It kind of sounds like crap. But the EQ on that thing is just ridiculous. And I would put a distortion pedal in front of it and crank the high end, the presence, all the way up, the mid all the way up, and the bass all the way down. and said, okay, double everything with that. And it sounded like, it, I can't explain how bad it sounded by itself. But layered on top of that distortion from the Mesa boogies and Marshalls and stuff like that, it was just like, well, that just brought everything to life. So you got the definition. So then I got to where I was trying to split everything out, but I ended up with so much hum or buzz that it was so noisy. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. You guys are just going to have to practice harder and be able to double track. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that, was, that was one of the tricks that I like to do, and uh, just bringing different amps in and out at different sections of the song. I used to have a ton of amps, and all of a sudden I was like, Started getting rid of them. Uh, my wife said, hey, we need a little extra cash. You got to sell this amp and sell that amp. I told her the last really good amp that I had that I sold, I said, hey, tell you this. I said, I'm only getting like 700 bucks. I'm basically making my money back that I paid for. I said, to replace this is going to be a lot more than that. And I still have not replace that amp. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess I need to go buy me one of those make the boogie triple crowns or or one of the Metropolis Marshall things that they've got that they, uh, Georgia Metropolis has made. Uh, there's a couple of other ones i found that are, Oh, the Kemper, those Kemper amps are actually pretty doggone cool.
0: Yeah. I've seen they, like they can, like it runs, you plug your amp into it and it runs like a, a sound wave through it and then mimics that amp. Um, Exactly. I've I have have not actually played one, but I've seen a lot of people give good reviews on them and say they're really good. A lot of people are using Go, uh, uh, go Fractal. Out- yep.
1: Well, so Fractal is modeling, whereas I can't remember what they call the Kemper, but it's not modeling. It's a it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh oh, I can't remember the word they used, but it was like, just go watch the videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll. They'll take the tone print of a, uh, an angle amp, and within three or four minutes, you can't tell switching back and forth between mm-hmm. either or. We're talking about an angle amp with a cabinet and a microphone in front of it versus plugging your guitar into a, the Kemper and then coming out of that with an XLR into your recording rig, and boom. No speaker, no anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's like,
0: you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you said <laughs> so, it at one o'clock <laughs> like, in the morning, you know, as loud right, as you exactly. There's no volume.
1: Well that's that's a, yeah, that's another trick that I tell people that okay, yeah, go go use your plug-in simulators. Well, it just sounds kind of flat. Well the trick to get a good guitar tone is like when you're standing next to an amp, you get that you get that resonance coming back through the guitar from the sound of the amp. And that's what makes a guitar amp sing a little bit. Well, just plug your guitar into your computer. Now this is kind of defeating the purpose and crank your monitors up Mm
0: -hmm. and you'll
1: get a lot better tone out of that. Just cranking your monitors up. If your monitors can handle it, I don't know if you have monitors that can do 110 DB, probably not, but (laughs) (laughs) you 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 wouldn't want to be right. Right. You wouldn't want to be, in the same room with it, but that's about the thing. That's, that's basically what everybody's going
0: for. Hmm. Yeah. I've, uh, I recently got bias effects for guitars. Um, I mean, I don't uh, do a lot of high end recording. Um, It's there's two versions. One of them lets you go in and you can literally change, you can pick a Marshall amp and change the, like the preamp tubes, or you can, change the output tubes you can add three rectifier tubes or one rectifier tube you can actually go in and bias it you can adjust the transformer in it the diodes everything you want on it and create your amp and but the one i have is called a uh, bias effects and it lets you pick they don't they don't they're not licensed to call them amps but they have one that's called like british and it's an orange amp uh you know or it'll be like oh, okay a tread plate, and it's a Mesa rectifier, but uh, you can go right. in and and put virtual mics. Like you can pick your speaker cab, two by twelve, four by twelve, and like you can pick an SM57 and put it where you want in front of the amp, as far back as you want. You can double mm-hmm. mic it with ribbons, and it sounds pretty good for you know what it costs, and uh, it guitar matches and it does all kinds of crazy stuff. It's it's good to. Uh, to play around, I, I mean, you might want to look into that. I mean, you might not want to. That people, some people find it <laughs> cheating to do that. But for me, it's well. The, for the way I
1: look at it is, if you spend well, if you spend eight hours trying to get the perfect guitar tone, have you recorded anything? <laughs> have you gotten done? So, a lot of times, some of the best things you can come up with, which is crazy, some of the best things you can come up with are things that you just. Walk up, plug it in, and whatever happens, happens. I've had I've had stuff like a mic get moved on accident, and <clears throat> be like, "Man, that sounds incredible!" What the world? And then walk in there, and then somebody I had spent 20 minutes miking something up. They turn around, move the mic out of the way so they can lay their guitar case down or something. I'm like, "Well, that actually sounds pretty <laughs> good. Go record now before we lose <clears throat> before we lose anything specials." So, crazy things like that. So it reminds me of a time I was walking out of, uh, I don't know if you ever came to the house or not when I recorded uh, at, at my house, but uh, I would record drums and some sometimes guitar amps in my daughter's bedroom, which was upstairs. And I was walking out and I had a guitar amp. That was, this guy was playing a guitar amp and I walked out the door and I stopped right when I was closing the door and I heard this wonderful stereo image coming from this mono amplifier. Even though we had a ton of effects on it, it was still a mono amplifier. Mm-hmm. So I went and grabbed a omnidirectional condenser mic and set it right where my head was. And <clears throat> it made the most awesome stereo spread off a mono amp that I've probably mm-hmm. recorded myself. And I'm blown away by it. I, I can't even, it was a small room nine song. And um, it had banjo in it for some. <laughs> it was like so. I go back. I actually go back and listen to that song probably two or three times a year. But I can't remember something about stars or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I have probably recorded probably two or three thousand songs over the years, maybe even more than that. I was I was thinking. Me and my wife were talking. Was thinking about five thousand probably. Wow. I used to stay really, really, really busy. So so. Bands, I can remember bands. I can remember these songs. But I can't remember the names of the songs about half the time.
0: So. Yeah. What What do you think is the biggest song you've produced so far? Do you know or the biggest what? Like the biggest song, like the song that got the biggest. Have you?
1: Have... Uh, I think small. One of the small room nine songs made it onto one of the rock charts. But oh, yeah. I'm not sure when or which one. <laughs> it's almost kind of like it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. I'm I'm trying to think uh, people really don't let me know a whole lot uh about what goes on once they once they left. Yeah. <laughs> once, once I hand them hand uh, email them or hand them their final master to be mass produced. I'm, I usually don't hear from them until they're ready to uh Either either they're playing locally and want me to pop in and say hey, or the next project comes along. Luckily, I do well enough that I've got I've ended up with a lot of repeat business over yeah. the years. So that that was good.
0: Yeah, you know, I've never really thought about that, but um, uh, I have noticed. So I I take I'm a photographer, so I've take, taken pictures of people, mm-hmm. and you spend a lot of time, especially in the editing process, um, especially you know in music and in photography. And you spend all this time, you know, making sure it's perfect and ready to go out and you send it out to the customer. And I had one that I did. I spent a lot of time. It was a, a big, it was a wedding. So it was a bunch of pictures. I spent a lot of time on it and I sent it out and they are like, thank you. And I was, <laughs> I was waiting for them to be like, these are good. I like this. I didn't like this. And it, I just got, you know, thank you or whatever. So I still have no idea if I did a good job, if I did a bad job. Uh so you know whenever you you hand in some some work to somebody you don't hear anything back it's kind of you never know you never know if they liked it or not it's
1: like (laughs) exactly exactly well i mean if if nobody gives you feedback good or bad you don't know which way to improve or which way which direction you need to go um so being getting feedback is always a great thing unless you're a singer on stage
0: yeah (laughs) never do that (laughs) don't do that so for everybody at home listening if if you pay for someone to work for you and they do some artwork or something like that make sure and tell them that you liked it uh i mean i guess if you hate it too i don't know be tactful on that one but uh at least let them know what you thought about it right that sounds right exactly
1: okay exactly
0: that helps a lot we're
1: we're all in this right we're we're all in this together uh we find things that we like to do things that help us become the people we want to become and if we get no feedback from our potential clients or clients then we're just it's easy to become stagnant and people definitely nobody I know become stagnant uh,
0: yeah and then you never know if they liked your stuff or not or if, you know I guess if they come back <laughs> yeah so um I have, I've asked you most of most of my questions. So what, what equipment, I mean, maybe some people like to keep it a secret, but like your your main, like your go-to gear, like your go-to mic, uh, outboard gear, or what kind of stuff like that do you use?
1: I don't know if you ever saw my setup. I still have the same setup. Uh, basically uh, eight channels uh, of my tech, high-quality digital conversion um eight channels in eight channels out uh have a universal audio 4710 with eight channels in uh a few other pre-sonus mic pre's you know it's kind of weird i basically ended up with prosumer stuff uh what i call prosumer stuff Mm -hmm. stuff is not terribly expensive usually ended up being more on the clean side uh people always talk about you know, you need this four thousand dollar mic pre. You need this three thousand dollar compressor. You need this eight thousand dollar equalizer. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But we live in South Mississippi. Yeah, people are not going to pay me a hundred and twenty five dollars an hour to record. You know, <laughs> so I'm, I was four. I ended up at forty bucks an hour. I'm still forty bucks an hour. Um, so nothing really special that 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 I spent a ton of money on. Um, go to mics sure s m seven b sounds great on everything except maybe acoustic guitar i can't even remember it's been so long since uh since i put s m seven b on something it didn't sound good so yeah. uh have a couple of sure k s m thirty two that sounds great on everything but vocals yeah and th- not that it sounds bad it just sounds flat it's just kind of boring sound. Mm-hmm. So, but between the SM7 on vocals and a couple of Shure KSM-32s, you can do just about anything. Throw in a couple of, uh, oh, let me see. Uh, just, you know, I have the Audix mics, Audix drum mics, uh, Shure SM-81s, uh, a lot of Shure mics, uh, trying to think. I just, at one point, I had about 40 or 50 mics, either, but most of those were condenser mics, and they crapped out yeah. so it's actually cheaper to buy than it is to repair um there for a while i had a lot of se electronic mics uh and they were the very first early on version from the early 2000s and every one of those are <laughs> <laughs> don't work anymore uh they work but they have a lot of internal noise uh i'm trying to think um you know uh SM or uh, the Yamaha NS10s. I got a, a pair of Yamaha NS10s. Work great.
0: I've been thinking. Uh, I'm about, still
1: using me Yeah. Or the A's. Uh, You can find those uh, online, uh, used ones. And then there's the uh, Aventone who recreated those. Yeah. So, uh, I actually, I actually blew the tweeters in one of those S, uh, NS10s and replaced it with an Aventone tweeter, which was. Three hundred dollars less than an original Yamaha tweeter, so I'm like, and it works. It works great. Uh, I have a Yamaha subwoofer. Uh, let's say use Cubase. Uh, have Plugin Alliance, Slate, uh, Kush Audio, and Empirical Labs subscriptions for plugins. Um, pretty much everything I do is it, it's all digital. I've never really used analog tape before. I've recorded on some analog boards using analog stuff. Uh, it's just basically I have my setup set to where I can actually move around fairly easily. Uh, so right now, uh, I don't have room at my home to, to record anymore. So I went from there to uh, CNm what, where you were talking about earlier. Uh, within a month of that, people going in and out after hours, they were like, nope. No, nope, nobody in and out. So everybody got off at work at five o'clock. Would come in, the store would close at six. I'm like, well, this ain't really working out too well, <laughs> is it? So, so, uh where did I go from that? I don't even remember where I went from there. I think I ended up taking over a class, a couple of classrooms at at a uh, church I go to in Laurel, and uh, that worked out pretty well. And then the youth minister said, "Hey, we're going to start doing classes in here." So. Now I really don't actually have anywhere to record. Uh, so basically if somebody needs me, I just pack up and go to them. So all my stuff's pretty mobile. Uh, and I actually like getting out and going and recording. Uh, I do have my stuff set up in my mother's shed that she just turned into a she shed. And, <laughs> and but and I, I, I can do a little bit of recording, but it's uh, not real conducive to recording, but it's cool. It's air conditioned. Uh, I don't mind hanging out out there. It's got a couch and things like that. And I have internet out there uh, so I can go read the newest blog about the newest piece of gear that I can't afford. (laughs) Things like that. Um, Trying to think of, uh, um, but I can do some mixing out there. So I've been, been doing a little bit of mixing for people from time to time and, uh, and everything. So nothing really spectacular. Uh, My digital converter is probably the most, expensive piece of gear i have and when i first bought that thing and it's probably 12 years old when i first bought that thing i'm like oh my gosh i just wasted 3,500 dollars on this thing <laughs> well a few months a couple two or three months after i got it everything was super clean i go back to my old to an old recording that i did with the converters that i went uh, was using and i'm like, Ugh! <laughs> Ugh! I'm like, I did not waste my $3,500, and I mean, that thing's still kicking, too, so that is one thing you can say about about the higher-end gear, the boutique gear, is it actually lasts, but like the Pre-Sona stuff, even though it works, you can get decent-sounding stuff, or it sounds fine, most of it clean, it don't last long. Crackling pots, uh, just or just flat out dies on you. You know, when you pay five hundred dollars for a channel strip with a mic free EQ, and a compressor on it, if you get two or three years out of it, yeah, you're doing good. But if you spend five grand on something like a Pendulum Audio, like I would love to have, it would <laughs> probably last forever
0: yeah. and
1: not have to have anything. To it. Yeah, you the
0: the higher end stuff. I mean, you, the thing is, you'll see a lot on the internet. They'll be like comparing a Behringer to a universal audio, uh, preamp. And there's, you know, you can get in there and, and and nitpick and be like, Oh, it's not that much sound difference. Sometimes, sometimes, um, maybe not with Behringer, but some, some places, but, um, it's, you know, it, it will last longer. It's, it's a better built, most of the time, a better built machine. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what I tell people. I'm like, okay, go buy you a Behringer if you're making money with it and it craps out after two years, throw it away and buy another one or save a little bit of money and buy the next higher one up that you can afford. But really by the time you do that four or five times, you could have bought what you really wanted to
0: start. Well, see, when it comes to guitars, when I would play live, I used, I have a Gibson uh, SG that I used to play. And then like it would get, you know, it would fall over or someone would be close to it that I didn't know who they were worried about it walking off. So when I started playing live, I'd get an Epiphone. I started playing Epiphone. So, you know, if I'd pay $300 for a used one, you know, and if that, if I drop it in the neck falls off or something, I'm not going to be devastated if someone steals that guitar, I would be if someone stole my good one. So sometimes I guess your use case, like you're saying, you know, if you're making money and you're using this preamp and you use it and make money for three years, I, you know, it worked, (laughs) get a new one.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So let's see. Uh, So you're still recording. Is there somewhere just so people can um, go and see see your work, uh, get in touch with you if they want to work with you?
1: Oh, I mean, Facebook's probably one of the best places. I believe my Facebook is, uh, my phone number's on Facebook. There's also, I think it's black magic studio, Mm -hmm. which I've, I've gone like eight different studio names. It seems like, but I started out as Riverside because I was, I live on the leaf river. So that was Riverside for a long time. Uh, I don't even remember what all I've called myself besides idiot sometimes. <laughs> but um, I have, let's see, Black Magic Studio, I believe. But now I actually go by Black Market. So, you know, Black Market. Yeah. Mark.
0: Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm like,
1: hey, somebody said, well, that's pretty slick. I like that. <laughs> so, so, that's kind of that's pretty much what like, i and I'm going to be honest with you, I am the most non-social media guy ever. It's like I go out of my way to do everything completely different. I make fun of people taking selfies, driving down the road. Uh, I'm like, I'm like the, the kid off of off the Simpsons when they run off in the ditch. I get out instead of being like, yeah, you need some help. I'm like,
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Quit. Quit! Quit taking selfies while you're driving, you 16 year old idiot. (laughs) So uh, so I am like a terrible social media guy. I I, I do not keep up with it. Uh, So I guess I need to if I plan on if if this if this uh, COVID thing keeps on and I don't go back to my real job quote real job yeah basically (laughs) I may I may may have to be like okay you you guys uh, I'm ready to record (laughs) it. Uh, my, my dog needs to be fed.
0: <laughs> come, come oh, record. Wait, I got something. Kid too. <laughs>
1: yeah, come record. Oh yeah, I got a kid too. He might want some food too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, um. So yeah. so yeah,
1: just check me out. I guess on Facebook. Uh, Mark Black is uh, just for my own personal page, and then Black. Just check out Black Magic Studio. Uh, I think I have Black Market Studio on Instagram. So, but I don't even know how to operate.
0: Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't under, I don't get it either. And I should, uh, like my, my job there. is I work in technology. Like I, I develop like technology for hospital. She's like, that's what I'm doing. And when I get on Instagram and Snapchat, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the, what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so don't feel bad don't feel bad
1: (laughs) I mean it's just it's just all that stuff to me is just bragging on yourself yeah (laughs) too many people too much information like okay you just woke up okay (laughs) you just put your slippers on okay you just walked across the floor to the bathroom I don't need the next part I'm good (laughs) (laughs)
0: let's just stop right there skip it there yeah we don't need any more information it's like
1: People, uh, I, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I've done. Every now and then, I'll post some something on Facebook. I think, but the last one of the last times, uh, my 2015, my son was born. I guess I can post that. Uh, before that was like 2013. I was on, I was in Jacksonville Beach, uh, on the Atlantic Ocean, and then two weeks later, I was on Santa Monica Pier, <laughs> in, in California. I'm like that's kind of cool. I can post that, you know, it's not bragging if it's true. So I'm like, okay. Uh. So to me, that's what, to me, that's what Facebook and all that stuff is, is. People bragging about their boring lives. Hey, look how bored I am today. I have knitted a, well,
0: Something. <laughs> if, if you haven't been on recently, most everything is, uh, having to do with the virus and the political mm-hmm. stance that you have with said virus. So it's getting kind of, cause I, you know, everybody's at home now and now they're all getting on Facebook and people are starting to come out of their shells from being cooped up for so long. So now everybody's letting it, letting it go mm-hmm. on Facebook. I See, I like to stay <laughs> out of it cause I don't want, you can really get people angry at you on, on social media. So I don't, I don't want people I don't want people mad at me. Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I I, I want to be known as the guy that, oh, it kind of reminds me like back when I used to have bands coming through the house all the time. Hey, can we take a picture with you? Nope. Like, if you want to find out what I don't like, you got to pay. Come record (laughs) with me.
0: (laughs) You got to be in the club.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't get on Facebook that much. Uh, I don't. I don't spout my views on. Uh, well, it's, it's like one of the rules: you don't talk about politics, sex, or religion. Mm-hmm. But that being said, did you hear about the uh, priest that was running for governor? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they got caught in the uh, child uh, child uh, abuse scandal. That's pretty bad bad
0: joke you can edit that one out <laughs> i just did a uh i have a piano here with the drum kit <laughs> loaded up on it so i did oh, a yeah. rim but, shot but, hey i had
1: a, I had a, 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 a former drummer from Lunar Skinner give me a rim shot today or uh uh, uh yeah the rim shot that i'm yeah. like hey <laughs> you're drummer from Lunar Skinner. <laughs>
0: that's good i that mean how, cool. how often do you get that I, I don't think anyone's ever given any, no one famous <laughs> <laughs> right exactly exactly no one famous yeah. for sure so um yeah so everybody can reach you on that website or I'm sure um, mm-hmm. if if anybody wants to work with mark uh, and you can't get a hold of him you can reach out to me and i'll I'll help you i'll I'll, right i'll send them yeah
1: so so yeah just check me out check me out on facebook i'm i know my phone number is on the uh on my personal facebook page and i'm pretty sure it's on the black market instagram maybe not even sure about that but then uh the black magic studio which i guess i need to go in and change the name of that to the black market to black market studio so
0: okay so um yeah, and you work all kinds of artists. You do. I mean, is there anything you don't do? Any any music projects you'll say no to? <laughs>
1: oh, I tell you what. The only thing I've said no to is people that owe me money and then they want to come back in. <laughs> oh, Hey, you gonna pay me? Money? Yeah, you gotta pay me. Have you gonna pay me the money you owe me? Well, I don't have it. Well, then you don't get to come back to me.
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't even fathom what's going through someone's mind when they owe you money and then call you back and ask to do some I know, more right? work. I would feel, I would feel weird asking like, Hey, I owe you money, but can, can you front me some more of your time? I'll promise you I'll pay yeah, you for exactly. this one. Yeah. I'd-
1: right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's a guy I work with out of Jackson who's got a pretty nice studio uh, in Richland, just south of Jackson, and uh, he's hardcore. He's hardcore businessman. If he's like, if I haven't worked with you before, you pay the full price upfront, all the way for for every hour that you book before we even before I even book you, you pay me in full up Because he he's like, I know I'll be there. If you don't show up or then we get done halfway done with it and you don't have any more money, then you know, I'm the one losing. He said, once we get a working relationship, yeah, I'll do a 50% up front deposit, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll go with it after that. And you'll get your final copy when, uh, when, when you pay it in full, but that dude is hardcore and he, I don't think he's real busy with the recording studio, but he has his own computer and, He he does really well. So if somebody doesn't want to do it the way he wants to do, he's like, "See ya." (laughs) Well, (laughs) but me, I'm kind of like with the people. Right? Yeah, the people that owe me money. Those are the only people I don't work with. So, but I do rap, country, gospel, Christian, uh, uh, rock, heavy metal, death metal.
0: uh, I
1: I can't think of anything that I I I just like any. I'm not saying that I like any. I have preferred music that I like. I basically like good songs. Yeah. So, but the style, style doesn't bother me. Who does it doesn't bother me. If Justin Bieber had the best song that I, if I loved a song that that he did, I would be like, who cares? It's a great song. I don't care who does it. Great to me. A great song is a great song.
0: Yeah. That is a very true statement. Yeah. Sometimes people get caught up in the genre and who did it and stuff like that. So, But you know they're listening care. to it in the car when they're by themselves. The song they talk about, they're riding around listening to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and pull up beside them at the red light, and you can look over there and say, they're listening to that Justin Bieber song. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: they're listening to Justin Bieber. They like switch it real quick to like gangster rap or something. Yeah. Nah, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> um (laughs) listening to justin bieber so uh so you've worked (laughs) so people can hear your work with you did the recent chad knight stuff right you i know you mixed one and then you did his uh his actual album the non-live version as well
1: yes i did the i did both I, i recorded and mixed both uh uh the the album and then the uh you remember the name of it i think it's just Chad Knight band mm-hmm. and uh then they did the uh live show at at Slowboat in Laurel and i recorded that and mixed that uh Forrest Proctor and his production company did the video for that
0: okay um yeah so so you've worked with Chad you've worked with uh, i just had waiting for Brantley on the last show so you did their first two <laughs> albums and small so. so. and um who else who else you worked with afro man at oh, one point
1: oh, yeah afro man uh paul johnson uh he's been in several bands around the the area um back before 2011 about 75 percent of my business came from the coast the gulf coast so i did a ton of bands from the gulf coast over the years um of course also thinking back on it i think 99.9 percent of those bands are no longer together yeah so uh, so um and like i said over the years i'm thinking from two to three thousand songs or so that i recorded over the years um um, like i said my wife was saying probably closer to five thousand or something like that so it's uh it's been a been a pretty pretty good ride so far i'm uh glad that I'm still being able to do a little bit here and there. A lot of people call me to come help them with drums. Like like Hey, Yeah. Uh you know, they'll they'll get a somebody will hire a drummer and then they're like, We well, you know, we really only have one chance to get this right because this guy's way too expensive. Let's call Mark and him come <laughs> in and you know, and I'll go use their stuff or I'll bring a lot of my stuff and what like to like today I bought uh my Universal Audio four seven ten for uh uh, extra eight channels into to the guy's Pro Tool system uh, and a bunch of my mics uh, to record the drums today. It turned out great. But, you know, kind of sort of going back to the gear, I don't care how many mics, how many mic frees, how much, how many millions of dollars. Yeah, there's a little bit of quality there that once you kind of start putting all that stuff together, it makes a little bit of difference, but you're looking at five to 10%. The rest of it comes from the artists. From their playing, from their, their art, their instrument, and that they spent all the years learning how to learn how well that instrument sounds. You know, like those drums today, they're <laughs> Vista Lights. Basically, oh, yeah? a John Bonham Vista <laughs> And they sound phenomenal. But the dude's been playing for umpteen years so. He knows how to hit them just right. Plus, he can walk in, listen to a song right out of chart, and have the song done in 30 minutes. Maybe run through it three times, boom. If there's anything that needs to be edited, I'm like, yeah, man, I'll take care of that for you. Boom, 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 i do that. And it, but he's so good, he's like, by the time you get that edited, I can just play it again. We play it again. That's how good of a drummer he is. It? So so when you hear a band and on the radio or something like that, a lot, a lot of times... It's a lot of production, a lot of, okay, we need to get this little title. Let's do it again, do it again, do it again. But when you hear a band live and it's just amazing, that's because of the people that are there who put the time and the effort to make it as great as they possibly can. Yeah. And all I'm there to do is just captain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you do a lot, though, as well. So give, your, give yourself a lot of the credit, too, especially on the <laughs> tracks. There's a lot, a lot, that go- it's, right. especially a drum. Like you record a guitar, you can put most of the time a mic in front of it and record it. Drums, you're essentially micing, what, 12 separate instruments, essentially, you know, snare, exactly. top and bottom, uh, toms, sometimes bottom toms, front and back kick, right. all the cymbal mics. And if right. anything's out of phase or the, they're not Ooh. the right, uh distance from each other and stuff like that you run into all kinds of that dr- recording drums is it takes it's a, a beat yeah it's a its it's, uh, its own thing pretty much
1: i uh i found you found out years ago instead of treating a drum set like 12 separate instruments treat it like one large instrument that's a big headache <laughs> to make sound really really good yeah and just and a lot of it's mic placement, but most of it, I don't know. I don't know if it's just. I know that it's not going to be out of phase. But I very rarely ever ended up with any cone kind of filtering, and uh, which is kind of weird uh, because I was listening to. Uh, there's a guy named F. Reed Shippen has a studio in Nashville called Robot Lemon. Dude is a fantastic mix engineer, and I was going through his uh, Spotify list. And Emerson Hart from Tonic has has a song on there. And I went and listened to it, and the snare drum is almost perfectly out of phase with everything else. It's like it has that hollow, cone filter effect, like you're talking through your hand. And I'm like, he either could not do anything with that, or that's an effect they're going for. But if it's an effect they're going for, it's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's like. Well. So I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, this poor guy was trying to mix this. It was like, ugh.
0: There, the, Metallica did make a very big song, uh, Saint Anger with that. Do you remember Saint Anger with that snare drum? That was terrible. <laughs> the ringiest. I
1: remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, ooh, ooh, uh, you know, new reference track. That that's that that's record, that, that album, that C D is a great reference track because it don't take much to make it sound better. At least I can do better than my saying <laughs> to St. <Saint> Edgar.
0: <laughs> God. I remember if I you're new to recording
1: start we we'll start with that record. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean that's the snare on that song was just it was like boom every time he hit it. I don't know. He was just maybe yeah. it's it's a creative choice, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think they were trying to do something garage band like trying to go back to the roots as a bunch of kids playing in a garage, trying to write songs and become billionaires.
0: That was not my favorite snare sound of all time. You know, one thing, one thing I've noticed is, and maybe it's just the way I hear things, but I think in a mix, the main thing you hear is like the loudest parts of a mix uh, are the vocals, the snare and the kick. And everything else kind of sits yep. off to the side. If you have those three well, uh, you know, mixed and eq'd and the right volume, then it automatically changes from an amateur recording to a. I'm not going to say automatically to a professional, but it ups the level substantially having those three things, the right volume, right.
1: And I want to be honest with you. For years, I always felt like. My vocals were good enough. And then I'm like, but why, why do I feel like when I A-B it that it needs to be better? And I was like, well, I'll just chalk it up to the singer. <laughs> 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 that guy could be better. Yeah, so it's, it's there's so many little tiny techniques. I'm finding out instead of trying to, to, to make something sound the way you want it with one track and one or two, three plug-ins... Split that Joker out. Send it to several places. Send it to uh, take take your track and make five copies of it, and compress each copy differently. Compress each track differently,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then bring the different sounds in and out as it goes. So, like if you've got if you have five different compressors, plug-in compressors on five different tracks, and they're all compressing slightly different. And they're sounding different. Well, when you, when you kind of adjust in between those, you get all kinds of different sounds. And that's one of the the new things that I've been working on: templates and things like that, trying to get, uh, trying trying to get better. You know, I'm I, I'm trying to take this downtime to trying to improve myself. Matter of fact, I, you know, improvement theme while they're at home, and uh, I decided not only to do that with mixing. But um uh, I decided I was gonna learn uh some new languages and I've already learned three new languages. So I'm like, man, it's awesome. So I'm now fluent in British, Canadian and Australian.
0: <laughs> that's uh that's a substantial accomplishment you got there. <laughs> the...
1: Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, Rosetta Stone for that? That's <laughs> that a new expansion? Uh
1: you're not gonna believe it, Taylorsville High School, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Taylorsville High School, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna
0: have to get get up on my uh, my Aussie. Yep, oh, boy.
1: Never know. The only thing <laughs> most people know about old is they just throw a bunch of blasted shrimp on the barbie. I
0: some beer, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Well, there you go, everybody. Go and learn those three accents. I mean, languages. (laughs) 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 Those three languages.
1: Three three new languages. I'm taking advantage of this self
0: improvement. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still uh, considered an uh, essential worker, which I'm not complaining about at all so i still i've been working since this whole thing started so i'm glad that's going to work every day so that
1: is that is that is excellent yeah yeah you know as much as as much as i enjoy a little bit of downtime uh especially working when you do something you enjoy is is really awesome so uh, if as long as you like your job, I've I've had great paying jobs that I hated. I've had low paying jobs that I've loved. Uh, the job that I was uh, that I had down in New Orleans, uh, basically they would send me all over the city to different hotels, uh, and I would work in the audio video departments uh, in these hotels and just go in and set up for conventions, meetings, uh, uh, conferences, and things like that. Just set up the audio. Video when it was done, tear it down, put it up, go to the next hotel. It was it's awesome, awesome, awesome job. But uh right, you know, my passion is still recording uh, and mixing. Mixing's always been my favorite part of the recording process. Uh, <clears throat> so any chance I get to do that, but it's it's also good to have a, <clears throat> a good job. And if, if you find a job you love, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. And and when you don't have that due to no fault of your own, it's like, well this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> even though you Yeah. So even though you're, you know, you're getting your unemployment and then you're getting your, your uh stipend and then you're getting these other checks and it's like, you know I'm not starving to death yet. But I sure am bored. Show <laughs> sure I'm ready to go back to work.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So sure people, give me a call I'll come record you as long as you're not sick. <laughs>
0: You could uh, well I don't know. I was gonna maybe have them like in a separate room and just run the mics in there. Be like, all right, now you can yeah, go. There you go. You. We'll do it. We'll do it through the windows or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. yeah. Hey, have hey,
1: see, you seen the giant cones that the guys use from the movies? And they're just you know pointing it at. It. are <laughs> like, yeah, you know, shotgun mic from <laughs> two blocks away. But, you great. know, oh no, pro joke. Hey, now Pro Tools joke. That's not guys. Come on in. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, with the boom mics, you could start some sort of recording revolution, you know. Really? Distance recording.
1: Record- uh, distance recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dri- drive-by recording. You just drive by, drive hold the by mic out. there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the only thing anybody can do is go out jogging. So, uh, <laughs> what was it the, the movie? Yes, man, with the the jogging photography. I guess you can do the jogging recording and just ride along in your car. You ride
0: the beside them with a the boom it. mic and yeah. record them yep. while they're jogging. <laughs> yep. You're you're exactly. welcome. That's uh, <laughs> that's the next the I'll, next big I'll idea. Split,
1: I'll split the proceeds. Yeah, I'll, I'll split the proceeds with
0: just, you. Just. Put my name in the credits. That's all I asked for. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> on the production credits. Um, there you go. So yeah, I mean, is there anything specific you you wanted to talk about, or I, I've uh, gone through all my questions here on my end.
1: I'm a very uninteresting guy. I really don't have a lot to say. I would so, I would disagree with you.
0: I think you're a very interesting guy. You've done a lot of a lot of <laughs> well, cool thank stuff. you. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. You know the, the weird thing is I didn't start the recording thing until I was thirty. So I'm fifty now, so I've been at it for about twenty years. Uh maybe a little bit longer than that if you count the uh songwriting phase. It yeah. Was just terrible like I mentioned earlier. <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's uh it, it's a passion i've i've enjoyed i'm not going to say every single minute of it but and the only time i'm usually not enjoying it is when i can't get gear to work properly like Man, like I'm last night uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs>
0: i've had i've had some times where i'm just like all right i'm just going to record this one little thing real quick and i end up spending an hour and i'm just like there's no reason why this shouldn't be working and it takes an hour to figure out that there was a little box I accidentally clicked that did something. Exactly. That'll drive. Me. Exactly. Been there. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's one thing about logic. Like when I was running on a PC, sometimes my PC would just be like, I'm not going to work today. And then I'd turn it off and come back the next day and it works fine. And with, my mac it's been working fine pretty much sometimes it'll do something wonky, but most of the time, like I turn it on, it comes on immediately, it's on running, and I can just get to the get to the point so
1: well, that's awesome. Can I borrow six thousand dollars to buy <laughs> me a new Mac?
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you what I did for my my wife. I had my own uh computer, which I was running pro Tools and stuff on, and I had the older version. <laughs> And then my wife got a Mac, and uh, my computer started acting. To, it got to the point where it wasn't it wasn't fun for me to try to record because I spent more time messing with the computer um, than recording. So I got her Mac out. Uh, it was a MacBook Air, the cheapest one you can get, and Logic works fine on it. I could record. You know, eight tracks at a time. I could have tons of plugins, and you know everything worked smooth. Um, but I, I found a uh, something made a crazy noise. Here. I found a uh, Mac of all trades website, and I got a Mac Mini, and they had, they were on sale, so it was uh, it was really cheap. Uh, and but it has sixteen gigs of RAM, an i seven, uh, solid state, half a terabyte drive. Um, that's, that's all I need for what I do. So, I mean, that's what I got.
1: Yeah. uh, I I remember uh, several years ago, I was talking to some guys, uh, from one of those websites about a new Mac. And the first thing they did was they (laughs) hooked me up with a, uh, quote with, for a Mac mini. I'm like, I got to looking at the specs. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. I'm running. 40 50 tracks and then i'm running probably 40 50 group or auxiliaries or buses i'm i mean i'm just sending stuff all over the place so i'm like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna max that out i'm already maxing you know my pc out that's got a lot more you know specs than this thing does so i was like just never mind so <clears throat> leave it to me to take it upon myself I just started building my own computers.
0: <laughs> well, that's
1: so, good. Uh, so, the, the yeah, so, yeah, So the computer I have now, I just built uh, probably less than a year ago, and it's it's been a hoss. Unfortunately, it got struck by lightning through the mm. the Ethernet cable. Uh, got my mom's modem here in her house, and it went. Straight, and I had it unplugged and everything, and it blew out the land guard and killed the motherboard. So I had to turn around and spend another five hundred bucks on a motherboard. Wow. Look, but but I got I got the got the motherboard I originally wanted so I and mean, it's paused now.
0: There was uh I looked at Apple just released a new Mac Pro which is their like high end PC. This thing can have uh one and a half,
1: 128 gigs of RAM.
0: No uh, one point five terabytes of RAM. Of RAM. It has it could have sixty I think sixty four or one twenty eight of uh graphics uh memory. Oh, and God. and I think it can go I don't remember, eight terabytes or something of M dot two, the fastest storage it can have. It's got a server pro- but you know how much it costs is fifty thousand dollars. Well
1: that's what I uh, that <laughs> Well, hence the uh, six thousand dollars for the bare bones. That's why I was saying, can I borrow six thousand dollars? Borrow, well, buy me a Mac, yeah. a new Mac. So, yeah, those things, I, The first uh, first time I looked at the specs of those that thing, I was like, holy crap! I think I may go to Mac. But then I was like, looking at the price, I'm like, well, no,
0: I'm not. <laughs> they're expensive. They're they're not cheap. But the the thing is, is if you use Logic or uh, Final Cut, uh. Like their built applications, they're highly optimized. Like the, like you can edit, you know, 4K video on like an i3, with you know, with barely any RAM, just because how, how optimized it is. So like me using Logic, it can run off a MacBook Air, when my PC couldn't run Pro Tools right. because it's not optimized for my specific PC. But
1: exactly, exactly. And and those huge honking new Macs, man, that, that's for the, the the people from the film industries, or who's going to be maxing those yeah, things out. That's not for know, so.
0: regular people. <laughs> you don't you don't buy one of those to have at your house.
1: Surf the internet, yeah. Surf the internet and play the best <laughs> band.
0: <and laughs> yeah, man, I got a hundred. I got one and a half terabytes of RAM. That is when I was in high school. I remember someone saying, "Man, that guy's computer's got." four gigs of ram and i was like four gigs my computer's got 512 yep. megabytes of ram and that's that was the high one that was the more expensive computer that's ridiculous right exactly 120
1: 120- i would love to go back and get to my very first big desktop and see how many gigs are. i don't even remember but that, that was the one that i started with the cool edit pro on yeah and uh it lasted for a year and a half and then when i got into vegas video uh, and started getting a few plugins here and there, it, it weighed down real fast. So, so that's when uh, I started buying. Uh, I had a guy build a couple of computers for me, and then I'm like, well, if this guy can do it. I can do it. So, so I've built my last uh, – well, I've built two. So I built one, and then I bought one after about seven or eight years of that. I bought one that was so cheap. That I I couldn't couldn't have built it for myself, and it lasted about seven or eight years. So I you get about seven or eight years out of a PC, but a Mac you there's a lot of people I know that still use their Mac from 2008 2010. Now they they don't upgrade it at all. They don't do anything to it, but they're they're using it for very specific things and no internet and things like that. So but they're able to still do their Pro Tools HD system on
0: it. Yeah, I mean. A lot of that stuff, if you if you don't upgrade your Pro Tools and just keep everything offline, like you can, you know, load in your plugins with USB and stuff, they'll run fine. Like they'll, if it can run a full studio, it's not going to stop running that same software in the future if you're not connecting it and upgrading it. It'll keep running that same program, exactly. fine. <laughs> yep. Till it breaks. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And it's usually usually a Mac and I can't think of the last time somebody said a Mac went down that it was not unfixable. Well, the, uh, canister Macs, I I think those were real kind of limited, but those last, last, most people I know still have a lot of those. Uh, but those old cheese graters, man, there's, there's guys that I know that they said, yeah, it finally broke down, but I just went and spent a hundred bucks on a part and replaced it. and It came right back. No problem.
0: That's what they had at Southern. They had, uh, the g i guess g5 is what it's called the the big metal mac uh like the cheese (laughs) grater the cheese the cheese grater and it was an older model and it worked fine It ran everything i mean they had they had the i don't know if you're familiar with waves but they had the full waves mercury bundle Mm -hmm. on that and all the contacts pretty much every plug it's too it was too much I never even got into it, but but there was probably thousands of plugins on it, and they'd run fine.
1: Yeah, I uh I, I went to the uh I went to that studio a couple of times. I kind of perused through through the uh through the Pro Tools system there that they had and, and their Mac, and I was like, it's eh, not too bad. I'm like, hey, maybe i already enroll in here. I'm like, wait a minute, I just need to be teaching, I need to be teaching the class. What I need to be doing.
0: You probably could. <laughs>
1: Well, I, actually, I actually talked to somebody about that. They said, oh, man, you got to have a, you know, a, some, a master's degree. You have, at to, least. have, a, you have
0: <laughs> to have a master's at least to teach. You have to have the degree above what you're well, teaching.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the way I look at it is if if you can, people who can do, people who can't teach.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. The, the The mic selection they had up there, they had a. U eighty seven, a Neumann U eighty seven, which you think is great, it, but if you have a an OK singer, it sounds bad because you can hear every bad thing about them. Right. But a good singer sounds really good. They had the real uh, snowball blue mics. They had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was a t- it was a tube mic called. I don't want. It's not Telefunken, but it was something. Uh, they had the e84s was it a groove groove tube yes it was a groove tube with a tube in (laughs) them yeah they had all kinds of good stuff uh they had i don't know if you've ever seen earthworks mics but they call them high definition Uh, mics or whatever um and this one Mm -hmm. you had you had to plug it in hot with the phantom power on like turn the phantom power on then plug it in that's what they recommended oh, in the wow. manual. And then, but it had a little small cap condenser, like, you know, <laughs> centimeter, and you could use it on kick. It would work on a kick drum.
1: Right. No yeah. Uh, the TC30s, I believe, Earthworks, or, or yeah, the other, they're super, super nice, super clean. Uh, not a lot of character, but what you put in front of it is what you got back out of it.
0: Yeah. They're nice. They're, they're a lot of stuff to, to play around with. Mm. They had an RCA ribbon mic, old one. Ooh.
1: Did anybody run phantom power to that and kill it?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't touch it. Uh I just left it because I, I wasn't sure how all that and it look, you know, it looked like something t- from NBC, you know, in the 50s. So. Yeah.
1: I love I love ribbon mics. I have a couple of Cascade Fathead 2s that my wife had overnighted for me. For Christmas about 10 years ago I use those things all the time love them and never had to replace a ribbon either so I mean I, she paid like 800 bucks for for a stereo pair of those so uh, yeah if you uh, if anybody looking for an idea of how to get started if you wanted to do any recording on your own sure SM7B KSM32 and any kind of ribbon mic that you can afford even even the cheaper ones that Two hundred dollar ones sound sound good. They're really dark and don't have a lot of output, but I love ribbon mics. i be kind of. I always thought it'd be kind of cool to be able to record an entire album with nothing but ribbon mics and just see how it would turn out. That's how much I love mics.
0: Do it <laughs> Do it,
1: do it, do it. I need to. Well, <laughs> I only have two, so I would have to. I had. I'd have to go on a quest to invest in more ribbon mics. So, unless uh. let's uh uh, just keep asking hey man can I borrow your ribbon mic
0: (laughs) if you if anybody out there has a ribbon mic lend it to mark and he'll uh he'll make a whole album
1: my next album will be yeah my my next album that I record for somebody will be with nothing but ribbon mics
0: (laughs) all ribbon mics you heard it here (laughs) (laughs) um well uh I don't want to keep you all night um so if there's something you want to, oh, there's your cat. Hey, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it was it was awesome talking to you, man. Uh, you yeah. are, you yeah, know, good talking to you. Yeah, one of. Thank you the uh, oh. the legendary re- audio oh. production recorder, whatever you, you want to call yourself around the area. Uh, I've never heard anything anything bad about you, and I've never heard a bad recording come out of your studio so um appreciate that yeah that's awesome so um you can check out market black magic studios it might turn to black market by the time you get there Uh, if not reach out to me and i'll send you a link to wherever uh wherever you need to go um you can listen to all kinds of albums he's done he's done all kinds of them um anything else you want to leave with word of yeah, advice if statement? anybody
1: wants to get in touch yeah if uh if if anybody wants to get in touch with me for sample audio uh just like i say get in touch with me on facebook uh phone number you can get with uh about here and
0: then uh,
1: i have a dropbox folder that i can send you a link to and probably have 20 or 30 songs over that i've recorded over the years
0: that's awesome uh if you if you want to send that to me i can put it on my facebook page and let people go listen to that Oh, okay yeah i'll just post it up there i'll do
1: that i'll do
0: that um yeah sounds like it awesome man i really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed having you on if you're welcome if you ever want to come back if you got something going on or if you just want to come back on and talk you're always welcome so just let me know
1: yeah uh so maybe so maybe next time, if uh, if I'm in the middle of a recording session or something and you're available, uh, I may shoot you a message, let you know, and maybe we can, maybe I can show you guys around some of my setup and things like that. So that would be, if, if, if we had, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be really awesome. Uh, I mean, even if, if all the crazy COVID <laughs> stuff is over by then, um, I could just bring a camera out there or something. I don't know. Well, we can work out yeah. the details, but Something yeah, like that, yeah. I, that that would be really awesome. Oh,
1: wow. I can tell more jokes too. Yes.
0: <laughs> I did the rim shot again. So there you go. I just I need a button that does that.
1: There you go. Make that uh, get you a sample editor. Just pull up Logic or something with a sample and just.
0: <laughs> I'm going to do that. Uh, all right, man. Well. Um, thanks again and and i I guess i'll talk with you soon
1: yeah keep in touch and uh i'll try to keep in touch with you as well and uh i'll shoot you that link on dropbox
0: awesome man all right man stay safe good talking to you
1: you too thank you good night